You don't put those inside of you, do you? This is a show about women. I mean, you do? Finally, a show about women that isn't just a thinly veiled aspirational nightmare. It's not hosted, not narrated. We're just dropping into a woman's world. I found out when my dad was gay when I was 10. We were in a convertible on the 405 freeway, listening to the B-52s. Looking back, I should have said, this is gay. This is already all gay. <laughs> Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I am the ferryman. In the shadows of the afterlife, the ferryman of souls guides America's most influential spirits to their eternal rest. Where are you taking me? Are you death? This road is not on any map. How much for a ticket? All I ask for in payment is a tale. I don't know who got to Kennedy first. And the devastation those first bombs caused. I've never been to hell, but I know intimately the hymns of the damned. Listen to The Passage now on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Hi there, Chelsea Handler here from the Dear Chelsea podcast, and I love women. iHeart is proud to celebrate International Women's Day by highlighting some truly exceptional women and the work they do to make the world a better place. Our guest this week is none other than Monica Lewinsky. We discuss what to do about online bullying, why the media treats men and women so differently, and how we women can turn our pain into power. Take a moment this week to think about how you can support the women in your life, and then take action. Find Dear Chelsea on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Stasi is the colloquial term for the Ministry for State Security. It was founded in February of 1950, a short while after East Germany was founded, and it was tasked with making sure that the Communist Party would always be in power and that any sort of dissent, criticism, or true threats to power were kept in check and quelched. Dagmar Hovestad is the current head of communications for the Stasi Records Archive in Berlin. She has access to Papa's extensive files as far back as the mid-70s. As soon as he arrives, he comes into the view of the Stasi because he's an American with an international reputation. And he's both. He's a security risk and he has great potential. So every move that he makes will get noted and documented There are people injected in his surroundings that are informants for the Stasi and deliver information on where he's going, what he's doing, who he's meeting, and his interactions in East German everyday life. In about 1977, the documents of the Stasi here from the archives show that they were ready to approach Dean Reed to possibly work for them. By that time, they had figured he was sincere about socialism, he's lived in East Germany, and he still was an international icon with many connections, huge amount of fans. Papa's connections extended beyond South America, Europe, and into the Arab world as well. So particularly in that phase, he was uh, very much interested in the PLO, the Palestinian Liberation Organization. The head of the PLO, Yasser Arafat, was a big fan of Papa's Western movies. They met a few years back, and he invited Papa to come to Lebanon in 1977. 
Я написал эту песню для народа Палестины. Conflict in the Middle East created an opportunity, just like in Cuba and Argentina. The Americans and Soviets were competing for political influence. Here's U.S. President Gerald Ford. Thanks to American leadership, the prospects for peace in the Middle East are brighter than they have been in three decades. It was clear which side Papa was on. Here's Cold War expert Justin Jampol. I think Dean Reed saw the PLO as like Native Americans or indigenous peoples. The PLO was all about land rights of returning to uh, ancestral homes. And that's a message that would have resonated with him very deeply. Arafat and Papa got along well. He was invited back in 1981. There's this incredible moment of the two of them dancing together in the documentary film American Rebel. Papa is singing Ghost Riders in the Sky. But the trip to Lebanon started an avalanche. When Dean Reed comes back to East Berlin after his visit with Arafat in Lebanon, the Stasi wants a debrief. They sit down with Dean Reed, and Dean Reed talks about the virtues of the PLO um, and all the good work they're doing and exchanges ideas and strategies for how East Germany could support the Palestinian Liberation Organization. The Stasi were only interested in Papa's ability to gather intelligence. They didn't want to hear his policy ideas. Dean Reed goes around the Stasi and appeals directly to Erich Honecker, who's the general secretary of the SAD, the Socialist Einheits Party, which controls East Germany. And he starts advocating for things that he thinks that East Germany ought to do for the PLO. And he says, I don't want to work for the Stasi anymore. And once again, Dean Reed is a rogue outlaw, not following what he's supposed to do. It worked in South America when he was resisting American influence, but when he is now in the Soviet bloc and supposed to be working for them, if you don't align yourself with the secret police, you are by definition suspect. Love your brother! I'm Ramona Reed, and this is Red Elvis. I used to think that peace and love were just the same. Then I learned that life is not only a game. Each man must fight and fight again. But never, never, never let your life just flow away. Let your life have value every day. Episode 5. Old cowboys never die. It's 1981. I'm 13 years old. A little ahead of my age. Dancing, singing, dreaming of Hollywood. I rode horses like Papa had. I spoke to him on the phone maybe once a month. His second marriage had ended a while ago. 
And on one phone call, I learned of Papa's new relationship. He'd fallen in love with Renata Bloom. They co-starred in a film a while back called Kitten Company. Renata was one of the most popular actresses in East Germany. She had played Karl Marx's wife in a TV biopic that was broadcasted throughout the Soviet Union. They were married in a small ceremony. I wasn't there. I was back home in California. Dear Ramona, you have written home so often, but I can only answer you when your father is by my side because I have not had time to learn English until now. But I would like to tell you that I love you and would like to meet you someday soon. Your letters are very open and loving, and you sound as if you are already a young woman. Someday, we hope that you can visit us here in Berlin. I wish you and your mother much love and friendship. Love, Renate. They were like royalty in the East German film industry. Papa could write, direct, act, and compose music for his own films. Films that were guaranteed to be shown everywhere behind the Iron Curtain. Papa always felt comfortable doing westerns. And to many East Germans, cowboy culture was American culture. Bravado, conquest, nostalgia. Papa's film Sing Cowboy Sing did well at the East German box office. But the reviews in the press weren't great. The Sing proceeds almost entirely without grace and irony, tending sometimes towards the sentimental, sometimes towards the techie. Papa's music career was struggling, too. He recorded an album in German, but it didn't do as well as he hoped. He was getting older, after all. He was into his 40s. This is Victor, Papa's friend and fellow expat. In the mid-'80s, the East Berliners decided to let in some of the top musicians from the West as guest performers. One of them was Bob Dylan. One was Joe Cocker. But most important was Bruce Springsteen. And these three all had concerts in East Berlin, which were not only jammed. The, the Bruce Springsteen, I think, was 150,000 or more people uh, jammed this huge, huge stadium, plus television and radio. They just wanted to hear the latest music that they were listening to in the West. And of course, that hurt Dean's audience. The Eastern Bloc was changing. It felt like, after 70 years of life, the old man communism was basically taking its last breath. This is Lana Davis, a lifelong Dean Reed fan. As the Soviet Union was slowly crumbling and the Eastern Bloc was crumbling with it, people were turning away from Dean's movies, Dean's concerts, Dean's songs, more and more towards the West. None of it was interesting to the people anymore. When the people turn away from you, you become meaningless. Papa's friend, Neil Jacobs. I mean, the Soviets wanted him to do political music, and I think he wanted to be an entertainer. His movies and, you know, like Sing Cowboy Sing, and his music in general. They were more interested in the political stuff. His last two albums were cowboy songs and were nostalgic for coming home. My father was a cowboy man from Trouble Boy. He never ran with sleeves rolled up, but he began to fight. Well, fear I know sometimes he had. I was proud he was my dad. He ever crawled, he was in the right. Home cowboys never die. They just smell that way. 
Papa's dad, my grandfather, Cyril, committed suicide that year, October 1982. He needed medical care he couldn't afford and was too proud to ask for help. Their relationship had been strained, but loving. Dear Father, you say I was brought up in an honest, moral family, but now I have changed. You were right that I was brought up in an honest and moral family, but I have not changed. I have just carried that morality and honesty to its ultimate end. Papa's mentor from his early days in Hollywood, Peyton Price, died that year too. Papa was struggling, and the political climate in East Berlin was not great either. After 10 years, pretty much, of living in East Germany, he has reached himself a level of frustration, and the ideals and the reality, the gap between that, has widened, and with his many um, occasions to talk to East Germans, he understood their frustration, and by the early 80s, all the goodwill that was there for the socialist experiment and for its grand future had sort of evaporated. It was a lot for Papa to deal with. It would be for anyone. A report about an incident on November 5th, 1982, with the actor and singer Dean Reed. In East Germany, also known as the GDR, my father had a run-in with the police. Dean Reed drove his Lada onto the closed parking lot. He got out of the vehicle approached the police officers on duty. The car members asked Reed to leave the parking lot and to continue on his journey. Disregarding this request, Reed began to make insulting and defamatory remarks, calling members of the car traffic group hypocrites, comparing the GDR to a fascist state, and expressing that, like the 17 million GDR citizens, he was fed up with it, up to here. He emphasized the latter words with a certain hand movement. The incident was immediately reported by the VK officials to their superiors. Here's Mark Valley, the actor who studied Papa's career and has been the voice of Papa on this podcast. Dean's in trouble. He's caught in a trap, more or less of his own making, and he's only going to make things worse for himself. He's only going to kind of tighten the noose. He's rebelling against this government that he had previously cooperated with and benefited from it. If this trend continues, then the East German government is going to be in a dilemma. You know, do they, you know, do they do something about Dean? For a man who prided himself and thrived on his independence, the irony is that he was in exile. The rebel outlaw all by himself speaking out against authority except this time he'd given up everything he had known on behalf of the government that he now rejected. For about 10 years now, you've been living here with us in the GDR. This term, living here, could you replace that with the word home? Um, no. I think every person who lives in exile in a foreign country gets homesick. I would love to speak my language again. The German mentality isn't better or worse than mine. It's just, it's different. Yes, I really miss my people. Papa started to put together a plan. Well, I might take a train, I might take a plane, but if I'm to walk, I'm going just the same. Kansas City, here I come. Here I come, here I come, here I come. They got some crazy little women there, and I'm like, oh. 
get me one. Take it away, yeah. A plan to head back home. Your tax refund belongs to you, not an identity thief. Over $6 billion in tax refunds were flagged by the IRS for possible identity theft in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. LifeLock monitors and alerts you to identity threats you may miss on your own, even if you're careful with your personal information. And if you do become the victim of tax-related identity fraud, LifeLock has U.S.-based restoration specialists ready to help solve your identity theft issues. Plus, all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package, meaning LifeLock will reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Let LifeLock help you protect your financial information so all you have to worry about is what to do with your tax refund. Go to LifeLock.com iHeart and save up to 25% your first year. That's 25% off at LifeLock.com iHeart. Identity theft protection starts here. I don't understand what the big fat ones are. You don't put those inside of you, do you? I mean, you do? This is a show about women. Okay, so I just reapply my lip gloss after eating a delicious lunch. We are headed back now to European political systems class at Baruch College. Woo! Finally, a show about women that isn't just a thinly veiled aspirational nightmare. That's it. That's actually the name of the show. It's not hosted, not narrated. We're just dropping into a woman's world. It's like reality TV on the radio. I found out when my dad was gay when I was 10. We were in a convertible on the 405 freeway, listening to the B-52s. Looking back, I should have said, this is gay. This is already all gay. <laughs> Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's a great picture of the two of us in front of Tower Records in L.A. Papa sporting a brown turtleneck, a gold chain with a piece dove, holding a guitar case with a VIP luggage tag. I'm wearing a sun-yellow sweater and a huge perm, which was normal for the 80s. We both looked so happy. It was for an interview for Star Magazine. Papa was back in the U.S. to promote a documentary about his life called American Rebel. The one with that scene of him and Arafat dancing. It was a great trip. I remember giving him a ride on my motorcycle through the streets of Los Angeles. I was 17, fearless, not afraid to speak my mind. I had recently been on his Moscow tour and we were feeling closer than ever. We talked more about his plans to come home. Gosh, I was so excited. We threw him a party where he sang and told stories. He was so fun to have around. Come on, all you guys from the FBI, come on in. <laughs> Give me a guitar, not the drums. Give them the bread, not the crumbs. And let me, let me sing with my people. People say I'm a tree, it's not true. 
I believe very much in the American Revolution, very much in the principles that made this country. I miss my home very, very much. Thank you for give, making me feel at home during the time that I was here. It's good to have you home. When we think about Americans who defect to the other side of the Iron Curtain, we usually think about traitors or spies. Dean Reed is neither. An entertainer who has become the Soviet version of a superstar. 60 Minutes wanted to interview Papa, and he was thrilled. Millions of Americans could now see him on primetime TV. The American press, some of them called me the Red Sinatra, and some of them called me the Johnny Cash of communism, and others called me the Elvis of South America. I'm an American. If it went well, it could relaunch his career here. And I was hoping, speed up his return home. I think there's a conspiracy of silence about me. And I thank you for uh, starting to stop this conspiracy of silence and that people will know who Dean is. Why is he a superstar there and not here? But it didn't go exactly as we all hoped. You equate Ronald Reagan with Joseph Stalin. I equate the possibilities of Ronald Reagan with, with Stalin. He, I say he has the possibilities to do the same injustices and much more by incinerating this planet through an atomic war. You think that Mr. Gorbachev is a more moral man, a more peace-loving man than, than Ronald Reagan? Reagan? Very much so, without a doubt. The United States has changed a lot since he left it. And the radicalism of the Vietnam War period has now been replaced by Reagan's America. America's recovery may have taken Soviet leaders by surprise. They may have counted on us to keep weakening ourselves. They've been saying for years that our demise was inevitable. They said it so often, they probably started believing it. Well, if so, I think they can see now they were wrong. My father, he stuck to his ideals. He had faith in the common sense of regular people. There is much more that unites the American people and the Soviet people than divides us. He returned to his home state of Colorado for the documentary premiere. Here he is doing an interview with local radio host, Peter Boyles. This is, this is going to be a difficult interview because I, 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 did, I didn't have a chance to say this. We were talking about some things in Seattle. Uh, Dean Reed is our guest. I don't necessarily approve, uh, not necessarily how, I don't approve of what you've done. Um, and I, I don't want to be one of those guys that sort of lays in the weeds and tries to drop a bomb on you. How can you say you don't agree with what I did if you, I got a thing you don't know what I've done. Do you consider yourself a defector that you Not at it? all. I consider myself an American patriot. It was a call-in show. You're listening to Dean Reed. We can do phone calls. 922-KNUS, 922-567. And I think he underestimated the political climate. Bill, good morning. You're on the air. I think you're, you're more of a communist traitor or American traitor than an American rebel because of your political affiliations in the past 25 years and I think this trip of yours back is just an attempt to to start a, an American show business career that you haven't had up to this point. And I just urge people not to go to the movie. In fact, I'm going to go there with a sign saying, do not see American traitor uh, because of your true, uh, what you really are. Uh, I think anybody who has a, a fear... To look at any film uh, is somebody who has a great lack of... No, they're uh, not. If you were free, they're looking at it. You're out to make some money, you communist pinko, and I'm not afraid to call you that because that's exactly what you are. Go back to East Germany, you you pink communist, because you're not welcome here in America anymore. Maybe you were 10 years ago or 15 years ago, but this is not the same America. 
All right, we're going to take a... Thank you. Thank you. From the audience. Out in the audience. Everybody that I you read know? says that the people are starving because the no. Marxist government I will not a, take uh, the Western food and feed the people in Eritrea. Well, you're talking just like the neo-Nazis that, that killed Berg here. Don't you ever you know, accuse and, me of that. Know, you know, we, we and I think, right, I think, right now, yeah, if you ever say anything like that uh, to me again. That's the way you're talking, and I think that's very dangerous. Get out of here. Yeah? Get out of here. Fine. Take a walk. Yeah? Get me out of here. Call me that yeah. out of... Papa spoke about his confrontation with Peter Boyles in a later interview. It was a very unhappy experience for me and for him, I can imagine. I think he would have liked to have slugged me. Uh, and I would have defended myself. These people, they do hurt me because I'm not a traitor. I believe I'm an American. There were bomb threats and death threats because of the radio interviews he did. Neil worked on the documentary as an associate producer. He was there the night of the film's premiere. The guards came to get us all and take us underneath in the secret entrance to the cinema. The whole time we're going, where's Dean? Where's Dean? Where's Dean? You know, we're going to, they're death threats. And he went right there in the front door. So that, that explains who Dean is. He just wasn't going to be coward. I think my father liked being provocative. And I think he missed the spirit of public debate in America. The free speech that many people didn't have in East Berlin. I'm sure that he missed home. He would tell me after driving across country and he would say, you know, I would, you know what I really want to do is get an RV and get Renata and just drive around, just drive across country and see everything. There was a certain longing to be back. I don't know that Renata would have gone with him. Papa headed back to East Berlin, back to his life with Renata and the new film they were working on together. Well, what is your next project? I mean, what are you working on? My next project is very important. Uh, I've written a film, a feature film about Wounded Knee in 1973. We'll be, I'll be co-director uh, on it. My wife and I are playing the leading roles. We'll be making it next year in the Soviet Union. At home, Papa and Renata were not getting along. They fought often in big, explosive ways. And this complicated the production of their new film together, a film that was already delayed by the workings of the Soviet film system. Dearest Ramona, I'm waiting on a Soviet delegation of filmmakers to arrive. If they don't arrive within this month, then again I must postpone my film for another year, which would be a tragedy for me. Keep your fingers crossed that they will arrive in time. So Papa continued to work on his exit strategy at the same time, a plan that Renata didn't like very much. She didn't want to leave. In East Germany, Renata was a star. In America... She would be an unknown actress who didn't speak English. In early 1986, Papa wrote to his manager in the U.S. February 28, 1986. I'm sitting in a small recording studio outside of Prague. The bass player keeps making so many mistakes that he is either a bricklayer in disguise or a CIA agent who is trying to sabotage my LP. Those are some of the advantages of socialism which over the years have turned into disadvantages. It is difficult to write on paper all my thoughts concerning how I see my return to America. My value as a person and as an artist is precisely what will scare some people away. But in each city across America, there are thousands of people who also believe as I do and who are fighting for their own freedoms and for the freedom of others. Let's not put the country label on me for various reasons. Country music and the South are the most conservative and reactionary in their political feelings within the entire USA. I doubt very much if you will find anybody in Nashville who will put his heart into making me a star. Beware of using the photos with the cowboy hats too often. 
My days and nights are packed with work because of the film and my TV special. For some reason, I am not sleeping well. Must be springtime. In East Berlin, they didn't broadcast American shows like 60 Minutes. But certainly, the East German authorities had taken notice of Papa's interview. Maybe they liked that Papa praised Gorbachev. But they probably didn't like some of the other things he said. You really buy the whole communist line? I don't buy line. the whole communist line at all. If you knew how many, Me how many things I don't agree with here and how... Name yeah. three things that you don't agree with. Uh, I don't agree with the bureaucracy here. We are not open enough with criticism against the, the problems uh, within the society here. I believe that there should be more individual freedoms in this country. And then, in the middle of all that... Добрый вечер, товарищи. We were recently stricken by a disaster, the Chernobyl nuclear power accident. It deeply affected the Soviet people and disturbed world opinion. So much for Papa and Renata's plans to film in the Soviet Union, not to mention the increased tension across Europe. Papa reached out to one of the producers of the film, a man named Garrett List. He said, I'm leaving, and I said, that's not possible anymore. We signed the contract. But Garrett List was more than a producer. In fact, the Stasi called him by a different name. The Stasi talked to a guy they call Frank Reek in the document. One of the people they recruited as an informant in the close circle around Dean Reed was a friend from the DEFA studios, from the East German film studios that they worked with on a regular basis, who then ended up informer on him for close to over a decade. In a taped interview, Frank Reed, the informant to the Stasi, delivers the news that Dean Reed had called him the night before he disappeared. At 10.45 p.m., Dean called me at my apartment. You're my only friend. Can I sleep at your place tonight? I agreed. And here in his darkest hour, the friend he confides in with his most terrible secret and life crisis is really an informant to the Stasi. It's very heartbreaking. I waited until 2.30 a.m. for Dean to arrive, but he never did. Coming up on the final episode of Red Elvis. So Dean Reese goes missing. The car is found near the lake. I sincerely believe that he killed himself, and I do not blame him for it. He's a very dramatic person. He wouldn't have just gone off in a whimper like that. It would have been dramatic. Why would the Stasi kill Dean Reed? There's nothing to gain. There's nothing to cover up. Had he lived three more days, he had... In big letters, capital letters, call BBC, call ABC, call all the news services. And it covered the whole page. He was going to make an announcement. Red Elvis is a co-production of iHeart Podcasts and School of Humans, based on the Curiosity Stream documentary Red Elvis, the Cold War Cowboy, directed by Thomas Ladder and produced by Talos Films. Check out the doc at curiositystream.com to learn more about Dean and Ramona and to watch his performances from all over the world. This show is hosted, co-written, and executive produced by Ramona Reed. Jason English, Virginia Prescott, Brandon Barr, and L.C. Crowley are executive producers. Ryan Murdoch is the co-writer and senior producer. 
Jessica Metzger is the senior producer. Jeremy Thal, that's me, is our editor. Fact-checking by Savannah Hughley and Adam Bisnell. This episode was mixed and mastered by Zubin Hensler. Thomas Ladder is consulting producer. Dean Reed is voiced by Mark Valley. Patty Reed is voiced by Nicole Britton. Casting support services provided by Breakdown Services. Additional voices provided by Nicole Luhan, Fabian Verfel, Noreddin Tabney, and Alex Becke. Music licensing by John Luongo for Trector Entertainment. Additional music by Zubin Hensler, Jeremy Thal, and Ross Belenois. Narration recorded at JTV Studios, Los Angeles. Special thanks to John Higgins with Curiosity Stream. If you're enjoying the show, leave a review in your favorite podcast app. Check out the Curiosity Audio Network for podcasts covering history, pop culture, true crime, and more. Mind blown! (laughs) School of Humans. You don't put those inside of you, do you? This is a show about women. I mean, you do? Finally, a show about women that isn't just a thinly-veiled aspirational nightmare. It's not hosted, not narrated. We're just dropping into a woman's world. I found out when my dad was gay when I was 10. We were in a convertible on the 405 freeway, listening to the B-52s. Looking back, I should have said, this is gay. This is already all gay. (laughs) Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I am the ferryman. In the shadows of the afterlife, the ferryman of souls guides America's most influential spirits to their eternal rest. Where are you taking me? Are you death? This road is not on any map. How much for a ticket? All I ask for in payment is a tale. I don't know who got to Kennedy first. And the devastation those first bombs caused. I've never been to hell, but I know intimately the hymns of the damned. Listen to The Passage now on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Hi there, Chelsea Handler here from the Dear Chelsea podcast, and I love women. iHeart is proud to celebrate International Women's Day by highlighting some truly exceptional women and the work they do to make the world a better place. Our guest this week is none other than Monica Lewinsky. We discuss what to do about online bullying, why the media treats men and women so differently, and how we women can turn our pain into power. Take a moment this week to think about how you can support the women in your life and then take action. Find Dear Chelsea on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.